0: Welcome to the grind it podcast. You know life can be such a grind at times and so we're here sharing God's word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the grinded podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the grinded podcast. today we're uh, continuing with Luke 22 we might finish it I don't know. We don't, we'll just pick up with another podcast, but we got Jesus, uh, he's in Jerusalem. Uh, Luke 22 is the heavy chapter because it's where it takes a turn uh, that Jesus is going to eat the Passover meal one last time with his 12 disciples, including Judas, who's going to leave the table and go out and, and betray him, and and that's where we pick up uh, in, in Luke 22 with Jesus sitting at the table, rec- he's reclining there. They didn't sit at a table like we do in table and chairs. They're, they're they're laying down. They're laid back. They're reclining at this table on the floor. And Jesus, all of a sudden, he, he he's going to tell him. He says, "This is the last time I'm going to eat this Passover meal with you because I'm about to die." And then he says, "In fact, there's a murderer among us. One of you is about to sell me out to the enemy." and my question is what would you do if you're one of those disciples sitting at that table all 12 of them are there are you going to start looking at each other and and you know accusing of each other is it you is it you is it you but what 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 they do is they start looking at themselves and there's and that one by one they're just asking jesus lord is it me is it me and uh they would go around and just each say the same thing <laughs> including Judas Iscariot who knew that he had betrayed Jesus already he done sold Jesus out for 33 pieces of silver and he's even asking Jesus is it me but before we go any further i want to remind you in John 13 that Jesus washed the disciples feet like a servant and uh that that moment Jesus washing the disciples' feet took place before they have their last Passover meal. It happened before this conversation. And he even washes the feet of his betrayer, Judas Iscariot. That is such a great uh, example for us of love and grace and mercy and and, and compassion. Um, But Jesus says, Here at this table sitting among us is a friend or sitting among us as a friend, is the man who will betray me. For it has, been ter- be- it has been determined that the Son of Man must die, but what sorrow awaits the one who betrays him? And the disciples begin to ask each other, which of them would ever do such a thing? Well, Mark 14:17 through 19 tells it this way. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve, and while they were reclining at the table, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. <coughs> excuse me and they were saddened and one by one they said to him surely you don't mean me and here's john's version uh that reads uh in verses 21 through 36 it says when jesus had said these things he became troubled in the spirit and testified and said truly truly i say to you that one of you will betray me and the disciples began looking at one another at a loss to know of which one he was speaking Lying back on Jesus' chest was one of his disciples whom Jesus loved, which would be John, who's writing that letter. So Simon Peter nodded to this disciple and said to him, Tell us who it is of whom he is speaking. He then simply leaned back on Jesus' chest and said, Lord, who is it? And Jesus then answered, The man is the one whom I shall dip the piece of bread and give it to him. So when he had dipped the piece of bread, he took and gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. And after this, Satan then entered him. And therefore Jesus said to him, What you are doing, do it quickly. Now none of those reclining at the table knew for what purpose he had said this to him. For some were assuming, since Judas kept the money box, that Jesus was saying to him, Buy the things we need for the feast, or else that he was, going, uh, that he was giving uh, something to the poor. So after receiving the piece of bread, Judas leaves immediately, and it was night. Therefore, when he had left, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him immediately. Little children, I am still with you a little longer. They don't know how much longer, but it ain't very long. You will look for me, and just as I said to the Jews, now I also say to you, Where I am going, you cannot come. I am giving you a new commandment that you love one another just as I've loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered, Where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. And so, it seems as though these guys are, you know, they're genuinely concerned about what's going on with Jesus, but it is safe to say, that they were all totally confused, except for Judas. He knew because he would then sold Jesus out for 33 pieces of silver. He knew what he was going to do when he got up from that table. But the other 11 had no idea. Uh, even though they had the Old Testament scriptures and all the prophecies to study, even though they've had Jesus Uh, traveling with them on a daily basis for three to three and a half years and he's telling them this is going to happen i'm going to be betrayed i'm going to die in the hands of evil sinful men they did not understand it they did not get it this was god's will for jesus that he had to drink the cup of suffering to become the once and for all sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sin But their focus didn't stay, this is what amazes me, you you would think that they're genuinely concerned about Jesus, but their focus didn't stay on Jesus very long because when Jesus started talking about the kingdom of God, the disciples become greedy and selfish, if you will, and they started talking about who among them is is going to be the greatest in God's kingdom. And, And it makes me think of someone who has... Uh, like a terminal illness and they're laying there suffering and they're trying to make it another day and to see their loved ones. And while their loved ones are gathered around them in the room, they all begin talking about how I want this object and I want that object and, and, and how can we divide this and how much money are we getting? And, 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 and instead of waiting for the person is gone to do this, they in, in showing and showing their concern for their loved one that's laying there trying to stay alive, they're 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 completely greedy. They're completely selfish, and and they're talking about all this stuff that they're gonna get uh, when the loved one has passed away, and, and that's what I think about when when I read this passage. And then it says uh, Luke says Jesus told them in this world kings and great men lord over it. Uh, Lord over their people yet they are called friends of the people but among you it'll be different to those who are the greatest among you you should take the lowest rank and the leader should be like a servant who is more important the one who sits at the table or the one who serves the one who sits at the table of course but not here for I am among you as one who serves Jesus said I'm greater than all of you put together And I'm sitting at this table with you, but I have showed you the example that you should be, not like these religious leaders out here. Don't be like them. Be like me. And I have taken on the form of a servant. And I'm telling you how to to be when I'm gone. And you should be like a servant if you want to be great in my kingdom. And so Peter's going to try to be big, bad, and bold. And he's going to Stand up among the group and he tells Jesus, he says, look, I, I'll never deny. I'll die with you, dude. And and, and uh, Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you each like wheat. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. And Peter said, Lord, I'm, I'm ready to go to prison with you, even die with you. But Jesus said, Peter... Let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you'll deny me three times that you even know me. That absolutely blows my mind that Peter would do such a thing. As as outspoken as he is, and, and you are, it was Peter who stood up and said, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. That was Peter that made that profession. And Jesus even said, my father gave that word to you. Uh, Peter had special privileges that that the other nine didn't have. Peter, James and John got to go they got to see the transfiguration. They got to do uh special things with Jesus that the other nine did not have. And and here's Jesus telling Peter, "Hey, before the rooster crows in the morning, you're going to deny that you even know me 3 times." And in Matthew chapter 6 uh 26 verse 35, Peter says, "No!" He's he's The big exclamation point. He's adamant. No, Peter insisted. Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And get this. And all the other disciples vowed the same. All 11 that are left, because Judas is left, they all said, we will die with you. And we all know Peter did exactly what Jesus said that he would do that he would do he denies jesus three times and when jesus was hanging on the cross and trying to breathe a breath of air to stay alive all of his disciples deserted him they were nowhere to be found in mark chapter 14 verse 50 it says then all his disciples deserted him and ran away for the disciples you see it was easy to follow jesus when everything was going great but hey, now this this beating has happened. He's been arrested. Then they've seen this happen, and 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 he's, uh uh, uh been taken in and put on trial. He's being beaten, and now he's uh, you can't even recognize who he is. And he's hanging from this cross. They didn't want no part of that. When 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 the going got tough, they were gone. They were out of the out of And matter of fact, Peter's denying Jesus three times. He's cussing and swearing that he doesn't even know Jesus at all. <laughs> And and then they go and be together, and and they lock themselves up in a room because they're scared that they're going to be next. They're afraid that they're going to be killed, just like Jesus was killed. And so, uh, it's it, it's really easy for us today. You, know, you hear people going, "I'm on the mountaintop. I'm on the mountaintop, and and, and life is good." And so, it's easy to follow Jesus. When everything is going great. But the moment, you know, Jesus has, hey, pick up your cross daily and follow me if you want to be my disciple. Well, we don't want to pick up our cross because that's painful and that's where death occurs. And we have to die to ourselves and and, and put on God's will, Christ's will, and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because he leads us in the direction to Jesus. And he takes us to Jesus. But... The, that's not always easy. Sometimes God's path gets very very difficult, and people don't want to go there. They 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 want the blessings, but but they don't want the cross, if that makes any sense. And so Jesus, he, he knows this day is coming. He's tried to tell his disciples that, that he's going to be betrayed, right? He's going to suffer at the hands of religious leaders. They didn't understand it. He's washed their feet. They've eaten the Passover meal one last time together. Uh, and now the time has come. Jesus is about to be arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane which is signaled by a kiss from Judas, who uh, was one of, hand, one of Jesus' handpicked disciples. And Luke says in verse 39, Following, he says, then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went to the usual, uh, went as usual to the Mount of Olives, and there he told them, "Pray that you would not give in to temptation." And he walked away about a stone's throw, and knelt down and prayed, "Father, if you are willing," so we get to hear Jesus' prayer, "Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering from me. Yet I, I want your will to be done and not mine." Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him, and he prayed more fervently. And he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. And you can do a Google search on that. Capillaries are bursting. This is absolutely possible to happen from the anxiety uh, that somebody's going through. Uh, And Jesus was going through great anxiety here uh, because he's about to, to suffer a horrific death. And so... Luke says that he prayed more fervently and he's in such agony a spirit that his sweat falls to the ground like great drops of blood. At last he stood up again and returned to his disciples only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. And so he says, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Let me share a few thoughts from that passage and we'll look at another passage. But I don't want you to miss this. Jesus, Luke says that Jesus left the upstairs room where they had been having the Passover meal and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. So while he was there in Jerusalem, Jesus made it a habit to go to the Mount of Olives. Maybe to be alone, maybe to spend some time with the Father, maybe to get his disciples off to the side and have discussions with them uh but he would frequent the Mount of Olives several times while he was in Jerusalem for uh this last week of his life and can you you can just imagine why it is called the Mount of Olives because it's filled with olive groves where the priests uh, would get the olives to to make the the oil for anointing people, and there was just something special about the Mount of Olives like I said Jesus spent some time there while he was in Jerusalem and so since Jesus made it a habit of going to the Mount of Olives while he was in Jerusalem and spent a lot of time there Judas knew this and Judas knew that that's where they would be able to find Jesus and there would be no crowds around that Jesus and his disciples would would be alone and they could accomplish their task of betraying Jesus and arresting him. And so the Mount of Olives is going to be a place uh, where Jesus is standing with his disciples and, and, and he's, in, in Acts chapter 1 he's going to send back to the Father after after being alive for 40 days and showing himself to the disciples. Uh, he's going to ascend to the Father and sit at the Father's right hand. That took place on the Mount of Olives. And also on the Mount of Olives is... Uh, Uh, the garden of gethsemane is located there which is where judas is going to bring this militia to arrest jesus now the second thing i want to point out about this passage we just read is that we can see in this passage the humanity uh, uh, of jesus because he's in such agony his blood is uh, his sweat is becoming blood, like the blood. He's got capillaries in his forehead bursting, and it's mixing with the sweat, and it's running down his face, and it's dripping off his face. And, and he's in such great agony, and he's praying to the Father. He says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering from me. Uh, take it away from me. Yet yeah, I, I want your will to be done and not mine. Jesus' will as a human was... Uh, you know, I don't want to go through this suffering. I'm about to suffer. These people hate me, and there's going to be so much pain and agony. I'm going to be beaten to a pulp that where people don't even recognize me because that's a prophecy that Isaiah had given in Isaiah 52 toward the end of the chapter, and so he knows what's awaiting him and he knows the pain that he's about to bear, and and so his flesh is saying. I, I don't want to go through this, and if there's some other way, can we can we do that way? Because I, I really don't want to do this. But Jesus also knew that he was there on a mission, and this is what the prophets had prophesied, and so he knew that he had to go through this horrific death and be our Passover Lamb. First Corinthians chapter five, verse seven. He knew he had to do the father's will and and that's why he said three different times not my will be done but yours father in the old testament uh when when jesus says he must drink the cup uh in the old testament Drinking the cup was also an image of divine judgment. The cup was filled, uh, filled with God's wrath upon those who had consistently sinned against him. And, and here's a couple examples. In Psalm 75, 8, it says, The Lord holds a cup in his hand that is full of foaming wine mixed with spices. He pours out the wine in judgment, and all the wicked must drink it, draining it to the dregs." In Isaiah 51:17, Wake up, wake up, O Jerusalem! You have drunk the cup of the Lord's fury. You have drunk the cup of terror, tipping out its last drops. And there's other passages that you can look up on your own about the cup of suffering. Paul even mentions uh, having to drink the cup of suffering over in the New Testament. But this shows the humanity of jesus because not only was he concerned with the beating that he's about to be dealt and about being uh uh nailed to the cross but he, he's he's fixing to find out what it's like to be separated even though it's just for a brief moment of time because he's jesus is never sinned he's not dying for sin he's dying for our sin and he is taking uh our sin and the penalty of our sin upon himself, and he becomes sin when he is hung upon the cross. And I can't remember the exact Bible verse uh, that that is, but I I believe it's in Peter, one of Peter's letters, that he talks about Jesus being sin as uh, as he was hung on the cross. It may have been one of Paul's letters. Uh, You can Google it and find it. Uh, But he became sin when he hung up on that tree because cursed is any man who hangs upon the tree. And so though Jesus never sinned, he became sin because he had to pay the price for our sins. And he put our sin on his shoulders and and he carried the weight of our sin. And so he had to drink the cup of suffering. That's exactly what he did. And so three times he's going to ask the father if there's another way and God just doesn't answer. And Jesus knows this is the only way, and so he he goes through with it. Thank you Jesus for for what you've done for us, for going through with it, for not calling the legion of angels to rescue you as you very well could have. You could have said no, this is too too much, too much pain. I'm not doing that. I'm not going through this. But you did. And so we thank you for dying in our place and, and shedding your blood and giving us hope from that empty tomb. And making a way for us to be reconciled with the Father, so thank you Jesus, for what you've done. The third thing I want to point out is this it's really a question uh, Have you ever cried so much or been filled with so much grief that that you just cr- i mean literally just crashed you, you you were you cried yourself to sleep or you had so much grief grief that you just fall asleep you had to go take a nap I remember uh, when my father-in-law passed away, I preached his funeral and and I exhausted so much of myself in that funeral and seeing the grief of uh, my family members, it just wore me out. And, and as soon as we got home, I, I had to go literally lay down and take a nap because I was physically exhausted from the grief uh it, it, even though it's a joyous occasion when somebody knows the Lord it still hurts when a f- friend or a loved one passes away and if you're having to preach that funeral it, it they're they're not sometimes they're not very easy to do especially when it's it's family but uh Jesus finishes his prayer and he goes back to his disciples to check on them maybe to get some support from them but what are they doing <laughs> they're not there to support him they're all asleep every one of them and and luke luke points out the reason why they're asleep he says it is because of their grief and 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 they are worn out from the grief that jesus has told them i'm not going to eat this supper this meal with you anymore from this day forward until we eat it again in my father's kingdom you're not gonna. And, and they're 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 scared to death. They don't understand what's going on, and they're full of grief, and they're sad because they're 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 losing Jesus, and they they've just seen him, uh, uh, there for the last time, and and he's about to be arrested, and 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 crucified, and then, and that's what Luke's gonna end. Uh, we're getting toward the end of the chapter. Uh, but Luke ends this chapter with Jesus' betrayal and his arrest. It says, "But as even as Jesus said this, a crowd approached, led by Judas." That had to be heartbreaking for the other eleven disciples. They're 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 scratching their heads and saying, "Oh, now we understand where you went. You went and got this army of people. What I mean? What what are you doing, dude? This is Jesus. This is our our best friend. Why why are you doing this? I mean, there's no telling what kind of thoughts they had going through their mind." <clears throat> But Luke says, as Jesus said this, a crowd approached, led by Judas, one of the twelve disciples, and Judas walked over to Jesus to greet him with a kiss. But Jesus said, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? When the other disciples saw what was about to happen, they exclaimed, Lord, should we fight? We brought swords. <laughs> and, and one of the one of them struck at the high priest's slaves, at the high priest's slave, probably trying to cut his head off, which would be Peter. And Probably Malchus ducked and he caught Malchus's ear instead of his neck and it cut off his ear. But Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and he healed him. Jesus put, literally put the guy's ear back on. And Jesus spoke to the leading priest. And this tells you who's in the militia right here. This is sad. But Jesus speaks to the leading priest, the captains of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him. Jesus said, am I some dangerous revolutionary, he asked, that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there every day, but this is your moment, the time when the power of darkness reigns. So before we end the podcast, I just want to share a few things from this passage. Number one, Jesus never condemns Judas, yet Judas's conscience gets the best of him, and he goes up, and he's going to end up Hanging himself over this, what he has done, but Jesus never condemns Judas, even when Jesus, Judas was stealing the money, even when Judas went and got the thirty-three pieces of silver. Jesus still washed his feet, and Jesus still let him there at, at, at the table to eat the Passover meal. And now Judas has come out and kissed him on the cheek to betray him. And Jesus, in other the other gospels, calls Judas friend. So Jesus never condemns Judas, but Judas's own conscience condemns him, and he goes and he hangs himself. Number two, this shows how the disciples did not understand; they just did not understand at this point. Uh, you know, it's great that they wanted to fight for Jesus, that they wanted to defend Jesus, but what they didn't realize is that this little militia, even though they had swords and and clubs and whatever they had for weapons they had no power over jesus no matter how many people were there they had no power over jesus jesus could have spoken one word and killed every one of those guys but he didn't because he knew this was the father's plan and he had to go through and do god's will and so he allowed it to happen but jesus could have just spoken a word or two And wiped these men out. They had no power over Jesus, even though they thought they did. So these guys, they didn't arrest Jesus. Yes, they arrested Jesus physically, but Jesus allowed them to arrest him. Because let let me show you uh, what uh, let me read to you what John says in chapter 18, verse 6. This shows you the power that Jesus had. Because they, when, in John 18, 6, in John's version, when they come to arrest Jesus, Jesus says, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus says, I am he. And when Jesus said, I am he, it says they all drew back and fell to the ground just from the power of Jesus saying, hey, I am Jesus. And they're like, whoa, from the power. In other words, you don't have no power over me, and I'm letting you know that. But this is the Father's will, and I'm gonna go along with the Father's will. So I'm gonna allow you to arrest me. And then the disciples, they don't you know, they're, they're willing to fight for Jesus, and they ask the question, should we fight? Should we defend you? And and they don't even wait for an answer. Peter just starts whacking, right? And he cuts off Malchus's ear, and Jesus heals it, and Jesus looks at the militia, and and he asks them this question. He says, Why didn't you arrest me at the temple? You had I've been there every day and I was there all day long teaching the people. You had all kinds of chances to arrest me. Why are you doing it now? What Jesus knew while they were doing it is because they feared the people. They they didn't want to do it in front of the crowd, in front of the people because the people they knew the people loved Jesus and they would they they would uh, take a stand for Jesus. And so they waited for this the right opportunity when he's away from the crowd Judas knew that he would be at the garden of Gethsemane there at the Mount of Olives because he had been visiting there quite often since he had gotten into Jerusalem just a few days before and so Luke says they arrested him and they led him to the high priest's home and follow, and Peter followed at a distance and the guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it and Peter joined them there And here we go, Peter's denial. Three times Jesus said, you'll deny me. No, I'm going to die with you. I will will never deny you. Here we go. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, I think I know this guy. He was one of Jesus' followers, but Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, you must be one of them. No, man, I'm not exclamation point peter retorted and about an hour later someone else insisted this must be one of them because he's a galilean too but peter said man i don't know what you're talking about and immediately while he was still speaking the rooster crowed and i listen to verse 61 at that moment when that rooster crowed after peter denied jesus for the third time that he don't i don't even know the man at that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. They, they, they were so close together that, and they could see each other. They, they can make eye contact. And Jesus heard that rooster crow and he knew exactly what had happened. And, and he looked over at that rooster and he looked in the direction of Peter and he made eye to eye contact with Peter. And suddenly the Lord's words flashed through peter's mind before the rooster crows tomorrow morning you will deny me three times that you even know me and peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly you see the difference between peter and judas is that peter repented and came back to jesus that's why we find after Jesus' resurrection uh, he goes to the beach and there's some boats out there fishing it's peter and the disciples and, and and they the, Jesus has got some fish grilling on the fire and he tells the guys to come on in with the catch that they have made and they realize it's Jesus and they rush to the shore and they had this conversation and three times Jesus asked Peter because Peter is there present with the other disciples and he asked him three times do you love me and and and, and Peter would say you know I, I'm 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 your best, I'm a good friend I love you like a friend and and uh, and so we know that Peter repented and we know that, that, G, that Peter came back to Jesus. But Judas, as far as we know, never repented. And he certainly never come back because he runs off and hangs himself. The closest thing that we have to Judas repenting is him throwing the money back to the religious leaders. But in my opinion, if Judas would have came back to Jesus and said, I am so sorry, when Jesus was hanging on that cross, And if Judas would have just had the guts and the the balls, if you will, to to come up to Jesus and say, I'm so sorry for doing this to you, Jesus would have forgiven him right there on the spot. But Judas chose to go out and hang himself and never come back to Jesus. Uh, It says in verse 63, The guards in charge of Jesus began mocking and beating him, and they blindfolded him and said, Prophesy to us, who hit you that time? Well, you know what? Jesus knew their names. He knew everything under the. Uh, he, he knew everything about them, and yet he said nothing. He did nothing. He just allowed it to happen. And this is what the Bible calls meekness. And meekness is not weakness. Meekness is power under control. That's what Jesus had. He had power under control. And it says, they hurled all sorts of terrible insults at him. And at daybreak, all the elders of the people assembled, including the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. And Jesus was led before this high council. And they said, tell us, are you the Messiah? See, they're big and bad and because they've, they've accomplished their goal. They've arrested this man who claims to be from God and who is the Messiah or claims he's the Messiah. And so they're showing them, they're showing Jesus their power now. Tell us, are you the Messiah? Uh, but he replied, If I tell you, you won't believe me. And if I, qu- if, if I ask you a question, you're not going to answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated in the place of power at God's right hand. And they all shouted, So you are claiming to be the Son of God. And he replied, You say that I am. Why do we need any other witnesses? They said, We ourselves heard him say it. And what we find out going on here is a mockery of a trial. Not a real trial, but a mockery of a trial. They have put words in the mouth of Jesus because he did not say, I am from God, I am the Son of God. They said it. And Jesus said, you say that I am. And so they have put words in the mouth of Jesus and he knew that there was no use in arguing with them because he... He, he was right. They, they have been waiting for this opportunity for around three years. They've been trying to stone him. They've been trying to push him off the cliff. They've been trying to kill him for a while now. And now they have their opportunity. And Jesus says, there's nothing I can say that's going to change this moment. Let's just get it over with. I'll keep quiet and I'll let you have your way. They think that they're in control. but What they don't realize is that God was still literally in control. And they were being used to carry out his plan to save humanity, us, from our sins. And I want to end with John chapter 10, 14 through 18, the words of Jesus when he said, "I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me, just as my Father knows me, and I know the Father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep." I have other sheep too that are not of the sheep. Oh, talking about the Gentiles. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. And we see that in the church. One. Oneness. Unity. Paul says, in, I believe it's in Galatians 3, that there are no more Jews. There are there are no more Gentiles. We are all one in Christ Jesus. Jesus says, The Father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. Those guys had no power or authority over Jesus. He could have spoke a word and wiped them off the face of the earth, turned them to dust in a blink of an eye. But he allowed it to happen because he knew it was the Father's plan. And he says, I sacrifice my life voluntarily. For I had the authority to lay it down when I want to, and I also had the authority to take it up again, Jesus said. For this is what my Father has commanded. And so here we are almost at the point of the cross. And, and as we end today's podcast, I just want to say a prayer and thank Jesus for what he's done for us. Jesus, we just thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy, your long suffering, your compassion that you have on us as humanity. We're sinful people. We all have sinned and come short of your glory. We do not deserve your love and and what you've done for us on Calvary's cross. And we thank you for the unconditional love that you have for us and that you would lay down your life and go through such torture and torment and and, and the beatings and, and being hung on the cross and struggle to breathe for six hours and your blood would just pour from your body until you could breathe no more. And you would be taken off that cross and put in a tomb for three days, but yet you come out victorious. Hallelujah. Thank you for the hope that we have in you. Thank you for shedding your blood to wash away our sins. And Father, I pray for anybody that listens to this podcast and does not know you as Lord and Savior. They don't, they don't have a relationship with you. I pray that today that your Holy Spirit will convict them of their sin, convict them of their wrongdoings and give them an opportunity to say yes to you just to pull at their heartstrings, lord and they would give their life to you and be baptized for the remission of their sins and be buried the old man be buried and come up out of that water a new creation in christ being filled with your holy spirit and walking with you on a daily basis and father for those of us who do know uh, jesus as our lord and savior and we are looking to you for hope and for a home with you someday in heaven for eternity i pray that we share this great message of the gospel the death burial and resurrection of jesus with our family and our friends and our co-workers our loved ones and father to give them the opportunity that we have to be saved to say yes to have that opportunity to either accept or reject jesus and i pray that they accept you uh, for their lord and savior and father i just pray for strength in this difficult day and time that we have uh, as our world is full of turmoil. And Father, I pray that people would turn to you and look to you, the light of the world, and that you expose uh, sin for what it is, and that we can look to you for hope, and we can look to you for guidance, and you would lead us into uh, into truth and lead us to you. And And we pray that as we lift you up and glorify you, Father, that you would draw all men to you. And I pray, I pray, I pray before it's too late that they would accept you and live for you. Thank you again, Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for coming out of that tomb alive. And thank you for giving us hope. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. And keep grinding. Thank you for listening to The Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.